Welcome to Sin City. Get ready for in-depth chat on new releases, iconic films, and plenty more for you cinephiles. Only on CMRU.ca and Feel Loud Images. And now, to your host, Nick Manenses. everybody and welcome back to Sin City. I am your host, Nick Manessis. Joining us are our wonderful guests and my fellow friends and colleagues from Feel Loud Images, Christopher Campbell, Nayeli Ranero, and Holly Roberts. Hello everyone. How do you do today? Pretty good. How are Hello. you? Really good. It's been quite a year and really glad to see we're making a lot of progress now. And speaking of progress, that includes the theaters being open. And speaking of which, no more than a few days ago, we finally watched the long anticipated Black Widow, which let me tell you, it was worth the wait. Just, oh my God, like, I don't even know where to begin with this. Like, well, first, first off, this was... Like this was, it's been a year since we had a major Marvel or DC release. It's almost like a tradition for me to watch a Marvel film every, pretty much every single year. But now it's finally here and I'd like to start with you guys. What were you guys' thoughts on Black Widow? Um, I, thought the, I thought the cast was amazing. Like, I thought everybody who was a part of it, like, just hit it out of the park. Um, uh, you know, there was nobody who I thought was sort of a dud. I thought everybody just, like, nailed their part. I'm really excited uh, now about who uh, uh, Black Widow's, like, this sort of new approach there. Seems like we got a teaser at the end that there's we're going to be following this new character. And uh, I'm super excited because she was definitely, you know, she was funny. She definitely has, like, a, you know, a cool backstory and everything. So I'm really excited to see, like, kind of where that goes. Obviously, there's going to be more kind of conflict within the super hero community and everything so uh, i thought that was super cool yeah yeah I mean, yeah me too like definitely the the cast really stole the show especially florence Pugh as uh, right. the, the sister yelena like first off i really love florence Pugh having having seen her in films like little women and especially midsomar and she was quite the scene stealer like she and um um natasha um scarlett johansson they really have good chemistry together and every time she's about to speak she's it's always one quotable scene after another definitely worthy of a meme very memeable i'd say yes i agree i will say i was a big fan of the casting as well um i mean i'm gonna just like preface this uh show with everybody knowing that there will be spoilers uh if you haven't seen it too bad <laughs> um no the casting was very well done i think i found the characters very like weirdly relatable but like in the different sense because their world is completely different from ours obviously but uh just the way that they reacted and responded to certain things the sass from them too mm, perfect <laughs> exactly yeah you want to say something nearly yeah um i think what intrigued me the most about the movie was just the storyline in general that was not what I was expecting at all in terms of a backstory, but also um, 
I haven't really watched all of the Marvel movies per se, like um, to uh, like from start to end. But it was definitely something that was really interesting, and at the same time, it was also I found it was kind of like kind of heartbreaking or definitely tugged at your heartstrings especially in the beginning when oh, she's being God. separated from her oh. from her dad i was just like oh my lord like that <laughs> feeling must be awful i couldn't get a read on on um on that guy's character because like you know he walked into the room in the beginning clearly he's like upset about something and he's like, all right, it's time. And it's kind of dramatic. It's sad or whatever. But then by the time, you know, they land, they get to where they're going. You know, all of a sudden he's like this totally different guy. He's like, all right, let's do this. Ready to go. And it, and then just, you know, stabs his own daughters with the needles. And then away they go. So I had a, I had a weird time like trying to. I don't know. I think I think the movie at the end was like trying to go for the fact that like um, I think the parents actually did believe that this was the best lives for them. So it's not like I don't know. I don't know. I just felt weird. I, did, I mean, maybe maybe in his eyes, he did the right thing. I just like felt so weird about it. I didn't know what to think about this guy. I think how it was. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Naily. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, like, I think how it was was like. He came into the room seeming like a little sad, but I think it was more just on the side of like, he knows that this news is going to disappoint his family, but he's also super excited because he's like, I get to get back in the ring, you know, because he thought that he was somewhat of a superhero almost. So for him, he was like, yeah, back out there. And I don't think he really considered how insane of a life he was putting his kids through which for me i was so angry at it all i was just mad at the parents for so long because i love the idea of being a parent and to stab your children into the back and just like send them off to fight and become these weird like freaky human spy hero things like it's insane it seems nuts to me it's kind of it's kind of like a realistic Incredibles, you know, because the, the, the dad in that movie is like all about I want to get back into it. I want to do it again. I want my kids to be superheroes. But in this case, it's a little bit more messed up. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, the kids got separated and everything like, oh, that makes me so mad, too, because I like they definitely thought they were going to get to stick together. And I think the dad probably thought they were going to get to stick together because he was like, my girls are the strongest. And then they get freaking torn apart, and I was just. Guess it, it's no secret that that. Uh, what was his? What's his name again? It, the Red Alexia, the Red Guardian. The Red Guardian, yeah. I feel like the Red Guardian. He wasn't a very smart man, you know. He maybe didn't see all the corruption that was going on behind the scenes. Whereas the mo the mother, I feel like did, but didn't really care. Yeah, I think she like saw the corruption after she had her own kids in it. Oh, uh, uh, okay. That makes sense. Especially, I really love the scene where the, the Red Guardian, after they break him out, out of jail and he's like saying, I'm proud of my daughters. You killed so many people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I just, that scene was, wow, really great way to establish the character and saying, you saying his daughters killed so many people. It's like very, very casual the way he says it. Like, like some guy discussing what was his favorite meal that day. <laughs> totally. 
It was like he was proud of her report card or something. Probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and in a way, like, I really love how Black Widow, even though it's it's a Marvel film, yes, and it's a superhero film, but it doesn't really feel like one. It feels very much like a different genre, you know, like, uh, like very much like a spy thriller, really. Like, I love it when superhero films, even though they're technically comic book films, they can be their own genres. Like, for example, I'm like, Logan is a neo-Western thriller, or Wonder Woman is a World War One epic. And the new, like, 2019's Joker was more of a psychological thriller. And in this case, right. Black Widow is more a spy thriller, which gave me similar vibes to, I mean, you know, I'm Captain America, the Winter Soldier, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And speaking of uh, spy thrillers, like, the, the, like, the Red Room, God, that, that was... It was scary, like, in a very realistic way. Like, it had vibes to, you know, like, human trafficking, especially since the the girls were put in shipping crates and, you know, like, trained to become child soldiers. Had levels, like, indoctrination, almost. It's just really unsettling in a real-life scenario. So, I... Um, I oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I was... I wanted to talk about the montage that they showed. That kind of freaked me out. After they get shipped away, of all the training and everything, and the music too that they put behind it, was just like just brought the whole thing like and made it so much more intense. What did you guys think of it? It kind of turned my stomach, <laughs> like the whole time. I was so confused because like I of course don't know anything about Marvel stuff, and I didn't realize like this is new to everyone or anything like that. So I'm like. Wh- can someone tell me what's going on? Like, what the heck? And it was just so unsettling. <laughs> yeah, it just ended up going a lot darker than I had ever imagined. Because, oh yeah, as, as Nick said, like, when I saw those scenes, I was like, is this trafficking? Like, I didn't understand how this played into the movie. It just um, started out so soft and, like, family-friendly and then immediately switched. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely mm. wasn't expecting that. Mm-mm. Mood whiplash at its finest. Yeah, like that's that's another thing I also admire from all these, like from the MCU, really. Like, even though, you know, Disney is t- technically the one running the show and it's more aimed at general audiences, kids especially, it's not afraid to, you know, pull its punches and deal with very dark, mature content. It's very true. Yeah. I'm really liking. Uh... You know, now that the MCU is like in this whole other, like it's going a whole other direction now, um, we're getting sort of an outside look on the Avengers and we're kind of getting an outside look on just like, well, we're just kind of filling out the world a bit more because the Avengers isn't the MCU altogether. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot more happening in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe than just the Avengers now. And it's, it's kind of cool to see Hey, just other things happening and other big uh, organizations and things. And I'm excited to see where it goes. But it's also kind of fun uh, to sort of see the Avengers from an outside perspective. You know, uh, I can't remember, th- uh, like Florence, uh, Florence's character, uh, you know, made a comment as like, oh, well, you know, the God of Thunder or whatever doesn't need to take an Advil after a fight or something like that. Or she like kind of like uh, 
jabbed at Scarlett Johansson's character, Black Widow. Um, and she's like, yeah, well, we haven't been, you know, like I've never modeled for a magazine cover before or something like that, you know? So just like, I, I really like that they're talking about how the Avengers is almost like this like sellout brand within the yeah. universe. <laughs> it's the running joke of her pose. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. I just think that's so cool that we're like, you know, I don't know uh, the Marvel plan. I haven't looked into it too much, but like it doesn't seem like it's all just build up for another big Avengers film necessarily. It might be a totally, you know, different thing going into the future. That's that's what's really cool. I think about this whole MCU thing is like now, obviously, the Avengers, it had the superstar cast, like it had the characters we all, you know, new and loved it had the it had thor iron man you know spider-man got thrown into the mix um you know all these big characters the hulk but now we're starting to like learn at least i am because when i read comic books as a kid i read like spider-man you know what i mean i didn't read a whole ton of them so a lot of this stuff to me is like fairly new and uh, just seeing all these new characters and the stories and everything is like super super interesting because now it's like you know, the MCU has got me, you know, like I, it's got my attention. And now it's like, well, what else are they going to do now? Because I, I don't think it's going to just be another Avengers. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a big coming together and there's going to be a lot of crossovers and stuff like that. But yeah, it's really cool. I, it's like I feel like we're finally at the moment where it's like less uh, about uh, let's make a big Avengers moment where we do that super shot of all of the, the heroes and everything. And it's more about like, this is now just a comic book universe. And it'll kind of go back to those comic book days where, you know, Thor would just randomly make an appearance in a, in a Spider-Man or a Captain America comic, you know, just kind of no big deal, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I actually agree with, with your point of view too, because it doesn't feel like this is going to be another Avengers like crossover or spinoff because yeah. the way I see it because Avengers Endgame that's like in a way it's, it's like the grand finale like the ending of the MCU but to me everything that comes after that including Black Widow feels like um, you know the the epilogue I'd say like more like new new open the door to new possibilities I'd say. Yeah, a new MCU. Mm -hmm, yes, and speaking yeah. of the a wider universe, like I think, like we mentioned after we finish this in the theaters, I think we can agree Black Widow, it really does a great job of, you know, being its own thing. Like you don't need to watch yeah. every single film in the MCU, which by the way, is like 22 previous films to really enjoy or understand this one. Yeah, no, as someone who hasn't seen an MCU film since like, uh, high, early high school. <laughs> um, other than Black Panther, I haven't seen any of them, and uh, it's just kind of to go into it not knowing anything. It was super easy to follow, and like it was easy to understand that Black Widow doesn't actually have any superpowers. She's just like really skilled, some badass woman, you know, like. In the the way that they did it, it was easy to understand like where she was coming from, how she became this person. Uh, they connected her still to the Avengers in a way that was easy for everyone else to understand as well. And then in the end, yeah, I missed a bit of the teaser because I was uh, being a baby and just really needed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> but I came in 
to find out that like black like they they're starting something new for sure. Something a hundred percent new is happening. I don't know whether they're going to mix that in with the Avengers, like Marvel series kind of thing, or if they're just going to create like a whole new MCU, like I was saying. But I'm excited. I'm actually really into them now. So <laughs> if there's another Black Widow kind of thing coming out, um, invite me. I want to go. <laughs> yeah, because um, the the sister, um, Florence Pugh's character, um, Yelena, like she's actually, uh, in, if anyone who's familiar with the, with the comics, she's actually like the another version of Black Black Widow. She's like Natasha's successor kind of thing, because Black Widow is yeah. not just one person. It's more like a, a code name that's handed right. from one hero to the next. Yeah. And also, like, yeah, since this film takes place, you know, after Captain America Civil War, I don't think, you know, we need to really watch that film to appreciate it, because that's another thing about Black Widow, because it really does a great job of, you know, being its own thing, you know, being a, just a, its own, just a movie without making too much connecting the dots to this bigger, wider universe. Like, yeah, there's a reference to, you know, to Civil War, but it's more like just just a side thing, not yeah, I really feel like, big to the plot. I feel like if you just knew about the Avengers and the existence of the Avengers, I mean, they say multiple times, you know, we're not talking right now. The Avengers is broken up and all this kind of stuff. Like, I mean, I feel like it's enough exposition to get it. You know what I mean? I The only thing I was confused about is maybe I was trying to overthink this. Um, I was really confused about the timeline in the first, like, 20 minutes of the film i could not figure out if this was like pre or post civil war maybe like is this post end game and like i'm just uh, but that theory is more just so i just like secretly wanted black widow to still be alive and i was hoping that maybe there was something going on there but it took me like 20 minutes to figure out that this was after civil war was that just me, or was anyone else confused, oh, oh, no, too? Like, um, I, I totally got it. Like, yeah, this was after Civil War, since, you know, she, she was still, at this point, like, Natasha, as you know, she's a fugitive on the run from the law, you know, from Ross and the government. Right. And... That was also interesting to me. I never would have imagined she had, like, this sort of bad um, history, I guess, of, like... You know, I don't really understand. I didn't really understand what it was that she used to do. Like, I know she was being looked for. I guess it was for killing Drake. Uh, what's his name? Drake's Drake. daughter. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Drake. Yeah. I guess that's what she was being looked for. But that was really interesting. And same with the um, uh, the microchips they all had when the sister pulls hers out. Oh, I thought like that was such a twist. The, the amount of control that he has over those girls. I didn't even know that they were in control. Like, I just kind of thought it was like an obedience thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's where it ended. Like, okay, they're part of a team or an army, whatever, and that's it. Yeah. Like, when she got sprayed, when she got sprayed, I was really confused because I was like, wait, okay, who's the bad person right now? Because she's chasing after someone when she's part of a team. So it looks like she's part of the good people. But then she gets sprayed with this, like, brainwashing like potion stuff to help her get out of it and then she's like oh my god like i can't believe i hurt you to the person who she's chasing and i'm like hey wait 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 wait, wait. <laughs> what is happening right now and then she like tears her microchip out and i'm like so confused at that point um uh you would think that was like a sort of microchip insertion like you 
as like a leader, you probably wouldn't want them to know that you had done mm -hmm. that, right? That was really interesting. And also um, when they get caught when they're together and that one girl ends up like shooting half her face off. Oh yeah. But, uh, like against her own will, that freaked me out too. Oh my God, like, that was what so happened? Well, she was yeah. clearly aware of what she was doing, but she's like, I don't have a choice. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to do this. That's what really made the movie like a little bit darker in my mind. Yeah. Mom. Because like, you would never see that in in any other superhero movie, really. It's true, yeah. It really, it really sells like, it's really themes of, you know, brainwashing and indoctrination. It's almost like willing to die for your own leader no matter what. It's like, it really really love the real world parallels that has because that kind of thing also happens in like in different terrorist cells you know and cults like you know the whole brainwashing indoctrination into some group or even just like uh the countries like that i don't really have too much information on but you know countries that uh have crazy military forces because they like force people into the military and they force you to be like 100% by your leader's side kind of thing. Mm, that's right, yeah. Like, my, my master right or wrong, or my country right or wrong kind of thing, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what, what I thought was really interesting, and it was this was my favorite scene, was the Red Room uh, scene and that sort of confrontation right toward the end. Um, but uh, it kind of drew parallels with, like, the Panopticon, actually, um, because there's this guy, and he's, I mean... I mean, look at this guy. He looked like, honestly, he looked like Drew Carey, you know, like he was just like an older, like white dude, like leader of this giant corrupt organization. And um, like he, he was able to supervise all these people. I mean, the, they literally had this conversation that he was hiding in the shadows, which is like a key element when we're talking about like panopticon stuff. You know, the surveyor is always able to see without being seen. And um you know, he's able to discipline and, you know, whatever, whenever he wants. And um, I just thought that was super cool. So, like, that scene where uh, that lady's, like, bringing the gun to her head saying, like, I don't want to do this. It's, like, it's really gross because it's, it's kind of, like, it is, it is sort of a parallel to just, like, normal life, too. It's, like... Maybe this is dramatic for me to say, but, you know, you go to work for a big uh, organization, big like a big box supplier or something like that. And you're like, I, I mean, I don't I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to work eight hours a day, but you kind of have to. Right. Like, you don't really have a choice. Um, and I think that's I don't know if that's sort of the the intention of the movie. I, I feel like there definitely was a little bit. But um, that's definitely what I started to notice, especially when that scene happened. And then once we got to uh, sort of the end there and we're talking about, you know, this guy who's just like, you know, trying to own the world and be the most powerful person true, ever. Yeah. yeah, like also um, something else like speaking of uh, the red room and is that there's one thing I got to say about uh, Black Widow. Well, it, while it's a great film, and all, however, I must admit it is not perfect. There is one, just one criticism I had with the film, and that would be one that I kept popping up over the internet before it even came out, and that's, of course, the character of um, Taskmaster. You know, the like the one wearing the, the skull helmet that is mimicking the oh, yeah. moves? Like, this, and I'm speaking not just as a moviegoer, but also as someone who's 
familiar with the comics and I feel like I didn't like how they handled the character of Taskmaster because to those who don't know uh, Taskmaster like he is one of the best fighters in the Marvel Universe like he like he first off it's a male and a female and he like he has something called like photographic reflexes which means he can like mimic your every move your fighting style he always knows what you're gonna throw at him before you even have a chance to do so and on top of that he's known for having you know a very like deadpan and dry sense of humor always snarking at his opponents but i feel like the movie it didn't really have those elements from the character that i know from from the comics like i i get that they had to show that you know that natasha has to redeem herself and has to be dracov's daughter i get what they were going for but i feel like it didn't quite work with me as someone who's familiar with the yeah comics. i definitely think that character is missing a lot of like i know that was that there was sort of an emotional element to the character a little bit but i gotta say when we got to that moment i didn't really feel i mean i didn't care at that point because this was basically i mean literally that the character reminded me of just the the Terminator, really. I mean, you even saw like point of view shots of like them analyzing threats and stuff like that. Like, I was very disconnected to that uh, whole thing. To me, that just felt like, you know, Marvel wanted to throw in like a, a supervillain, you know, because it's a superhero movie. Um, I, I think to your point, Nick, it, it definitely could have worked if they had filled out the character a bit more with, you know, uh, how the Taskmaster actually uh is as a character because it is kind of interesting but now i i also worry that like is this i can't remember how it ended off but is that it for the taskmaster because i would love to see more yeah i think she i, th I think they like i think she lived but then she was taken by the other widows uh, in the end so i don't really know where she goes in that part but i feel like i agree with you guys in the sense that um to really fill out the character and like bring out that emotional connection that they were looking for, I think they needed to like expand on her story a bit more, give us a little more to work with, because it kind of just seemed like we were following a robot for a bit there. And but the only problem is that you've got this film that's already so amazing and it's already so long that like either you have to make it longer or create like a second part or something like that for that character or you just skip it and just go with like the comics did and have just this like snarky man and robot costume kind of thing you know but also as like a counter argument in doing that and having the taskmaster taskmaster be his daughter i felt it really set the tone for the type of person he is like you realize your daughter is still alive and yeah, what you do, yeah. you put her to work, do all your dirty work. And I thought that was really interesting, especially because of uh, Natasha's sort of like monologue she had about women being dispensable. It's like, oh, there's just so many of them. There's a surplus or whatever what she was saying. And it was just like, that's true. And even at the end when they're escaping, he doesn't really seem to care where his daughter is or like try and find yeah, her or anything right. like that. Well, because he so put a just... chip in her neck and was like, yeah, you're my tool now. He literally said, exactly. he's like, you gave me my greatest tool. And I'm like, yeah. what the heck? <laughs> so so it just goes to show like how much this guy is really just, he doesn't care about anything anyone like like they said it's, all women are dispensable to him even his own daughter but and then he was point. yeah like he 
I mean, I was just so shocked. It's like, she was, at, like, the attempted murder was when she was a child. Yeah. And when she was a couple, like, what, I don't know, I'd guess, like, seven, eight years old. Yeah. And then, like yeah, he finds out she's still alive, wonderful, and it's like, okay. Oh, and he called her ugly and all of those things. Like, I know. Do you, even, <laughs> do you even love your daughter? Like, what Jeez. is that? Who oh, gave him this child? <laughs> right? And it's like, you are a terrible person. Like, to me, that just, like, made me so mad when I was watching the way he was, like, talking about her as if she wasn't even alive. But it, she obviously was, right? And that one was just so disturbing. I was like, you terrible, terrible man. Like, you were right. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, like... Just another parent for me to be angry at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, right? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, to your... Yeah, I agree with your point of view. Like, I get they have to, like, you know, tie it with Natasha's story, you know, of trying to redeem herself from her dark past and all that. But as a, but as a comic book fan, yeah, it, it's... The Taskmaster, I felt, was completely wasted here. And that's really a shame, too, because... But overall, this movie was really good. And then again, it's pretty common because something you should know about the MCU. While it did a really good job with all of its heroes, it tends to have a really bad track record in making, you know, really terrible villains. Because in the MCU, the villains are very, are probably the weakest part in all of the films. With a few exceptions, of course, but overall, the villains are just very either, you know, very generic, one-dimensional one and not particularly interesting. So I feel like the film missed its mark with Taskmaster here, so yeah. I think something that would have helped, like of course I haven't read the comics or anything, but um, probably just having her talk, <laughs> be able to like right. say some sort of comments while she was fighting, because when they first introduced her into the movie, I was like, oh my God, this is gonna be such a pain. Because it's a, it like, <laughs> you get right away that it mimics you and it's like, you can never beat it. Like, truly, it, like, it's pretty hard to, right? Unless you outsmart yourself, right? That's what you're doing. But, yeah, I just, the, like, when I was first, first saw it, I just thought it was a robot. I never thought there was anybody behind it. But I feel mm -hmm. like maybe it would have helped, like, to, to your point, Nick, if, like, she had some sort of, like, comment, like... Some, something exactly yeah because because that's like because like i said like the taskmaster in the comics is best known for his snarky sense of humor and monologues and like not having the character talk that's like, like kind of like what they did with deadpool like you know in the x-men origins wolverine like they they really they literally sewed his mouth shut like they it's like having taskmaster not talk that's like not that's like spider-man but without his suit like it's one of the most important parts of the character, and they butchered that. But overall, it didn't quite kill the experience for me. Yeah. I mean, I think the main villain, though, was uh, Dreykov, though, right? I mean, I mean, and I thought that even though we didn't really meet him until the very end, I mean, I thought the, you know, the enemy was the Red Room. And I thought the Red Room was definitely filled out as its own thing, its own character, its own thing to fight. However, I do, I do agree. Um, uh, the Taskmaster mostly, for me, was a bit of a distraction. However, I guess, again, to Nayeli's point, I do also agree that it did help to, like, further demonize uh, Dreykov, though. So, you know, I think uh, it's just a... I mean, this is the sort of age-old thing where it's like, you know, you can't possibly add as many details as the source material had, you know, so you have to figure out where to sacrifice stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's going to need to be a sacrifice somewhere, somehow, some way. I think... It would have been hard to make a three-hour Black Widow movie or two Black Widow movies 
or at least to commit to it right away. So, and, and I mean, with, with Marvel too, I mean, they have such an agenda, like they have so many things they got to get into, you know, just, so just have to spend so much time, uh, filling out each and every character, you know, it would just be crazy. So, I mean, I'm kind of bummed. I really hope there's more plans for Taskmaster. You know, I would really love to see that character more. Uh, I think it would be cool if, like, in the next one with uh, Black Widow's sister kind of taking right. over, if, like, they kind of joined forces. That'd be cool. Because also, the Taskmaster Master looked so cool. Like, the costuming was amazing. I was like, this is the coolest... Yeah, yeah, totally. I was like, this is the coolest character in this film. Oh, yeah. When I saw it. Although a wasted character, though, I gotta admit, the aesthetic, like, the costume they picked was really good. And also oh, yeah. the fight scenes he had with Natasha, especially during that bridge scene, was really yeah. well choreographed. In fact, uh, for a bonus scene, like, which gets even better on rewatch, when you, before Taskmaster was, you know, unleashed, he was, like, looking at a screen, looking at the airport fight between Cap and... Uh, and Natasha, like he was studying their fighting style before he was before tracking Natasha, because that's what he does. He he studies your every fighting style so he can mimic you. Okay. Yeah. I did. Oh, I thought he just kind of, or she in this case, just kind of studied it in the moment, you know. Yeah, like he's he's almost like a he's also like a in the comics he's also like a chess master. Like he can and he understands human behavior. Like he can anticipate your every move before you even have a chance to act on it. He's really Crazy that dangerous. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys, what did you think of like the red room in terms of like Draco's Draco Draco uh his office? I thought the pheromone thing was so interesting. That yeah. it's like if you smell me, you can't hurt me. Oh, that was so well done. I I was not expecting that. Like when me she either. was about to punch him and it, she didn't do it, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> wow. I'm a lot confused about really that. Cause like, I'm just confused because like, what pheromone do we have as humans that can stop something like that? You know? I mean, like in this world, it probably has something to do with the microchip. I don't I, know. Honestly. Once it came to the whole pheromone thing and the fact that Black Widow couldn't shoot, to me, I was like, all right, we're going to have to buckle down. This is for the film. This is to be like, this is to stretch out the conflict in the in the climax of the film here. So let's like bear in mind because she's like, oh, I'll just hold my breath. And they're like, nope, it's going to get into your eyes. <laughs> so it's like, all right. And, and then even the... The resolution was just to like break her nose, sort of thing, right? So, <laughs> so it's like, I I know why it was there. I thought it was kind of cheesy and weird, but you know, I guess it needed to be there. It, it makes sense in context as well. Yeah. 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 Um, as well, just to play on to what we were talking about earlier, I just couldn't believe the amount of force this man has towards women just kind of scares yeah. me. Like when he was beating her up, like I felt scared. I was like, holy shit, right? But I mean, of course, she was like, oh, is that the best you got? Whatever. So yeah, part of the plant. Yeah, yeah. But I, mean, I was like watching it and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. He's horrible. Honestly, it kind of seemed like a really big message towards the whole 97%. Um, do you guys know about the 97% or? Um, no. Why don't you give some context? Yeah. Yeah. So 97% uh, of women 
uh, will experience sexual harassment or assault in their lifetime. While it's like, I, I don't know the exact number for men, but it's like around 10% for men, but 97% of women in their lifetime, at least once. And so it seemed like a huge kind of like uh, play on the 97% where it's just like, yeah, you can go ahead and do whatever you want. You can try everything you want on us, but we're still strong ass women. We're still going to stand up for ourselves kind of thing, because that's a huge movement right now. Um and like there's there's a lot of I will say there's a lot of like flaws to it uh, in terms of like how women are going about it and how men are going about it at the same time. But overall, it's a pretty good movement <laughs> as a woman, I have to say. And they did a really good job, I think, of um, just kind of not addressing it, but just kind of like uh, hinting at it, you know, like putting a little notice to it there. Um, it was it was just another way to show that women are strong. So I mean, right now you're you're kind of speaking my language in that. That's why I think film is super cool uh, for this kind of stuff. I mean, you can make documentaries. I mean, you can show news stories. All that stuff is is good as well. Um, but I I think that in, uh, I I hope that we don't think encoding is always necessarily a dirty word to use. But encoding some of these uh, values into your films, I think, is a or any fiction is a great way to get people to sort of passively learn about, um, you know, right and wrong. In some cases, you know, like I'm a, I'm a firm believer that fiction is definitely a very strong tool uh, to help people learn, you know, important values. So I think, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, your point, the, the 90, the 97 percent thing is like, I think it was, it was probably a very conscious decision. And I'm sure it was a lot of conversations behind the scenes, um, you know, and uh I think that's awesome. Yeah, like it's clearly uh, a female empowerment movie. Mm-hmm. And and the MCU is no stranger to the female empowerment thing. They yeah. really know how to create strong female characters as well. Yeah. I think in the past they had kind of like some, they had some problems with it just in the sense that they were starting to just do like a little, oh, we threw some women in there. See, female empowerment kind of thing. And they were building off of the comics, which were... <laughs> You know, written by dudes for dudes, you know, which which I mean, sucks. I mean, I feel like maybe they could have done a better job of like including more of the stronger female characters toward the beginning. But I also see it from a marketing perspective of like, I mean, we can't throw in these like these smaller characters that people don't know about. Yeah. And like, I I see it in the sense that they're working with time, like back like when they started these films i don't know back in early 2000s or something like that maybe 90s female empowerment wasn't like as like it it was obviously still there feminism has been around for a long time now but like it wasn't as much of a movement in terms of like the public sphere so um now though it's very much uh, a huge part of our society so they kind of moved with time where in which they're like okay now we have a really big female empowerment kind of movement. Now it's time we start introducing these characters. And it really stretches out their own uh, series, giving them a lot more money. <laughs> but it also works in just helping to uh, like both aid in the movement and also um, like show support. And just to... like you, We all know that if you try to start 
sending out a message when people don't want it, they're not going to take it. So if they had started that in the early 2000s or 90s, I don't think it would have really stuck as much as it does now. I don't think they would have gotten that hype that they do now. So I do think it was kind of a smart move. So, I mean, it's a subtle approach to get people into it, right? You don't start off right. I mean, that's the thing again. It's like if you want to watch a documentary or you want to watch something that's very much about this sort of issue, you know, you're going to have people who are going to go and want to watch that. But it's going to need to be they're going to search for it, exactly but it's going to be a, and it's going to be a smaller audience than what disney is going for you know they want to they want to break records every time they release a movie mm, absolutely yeah and speaking yeah. of female empowerment as well like one the this like black widow really has really strong and poignant messages as well especially with the me- the theme and message of family you know like yeah the theme that family you know that the whole message that family isn't who you're born from but who you choose to be with is not really the most original theme out there but i feel it works for the story of black widow of natasha because her story is actually one of you know finding Finding, finding her family again, which in this case, after she broke up with the Avengers, who she considered family, she found her other family as well. It's really, like, like we mentioned before, it really tugs at your heartstrings with the, those themes too. Well, I think it was kind of cool because it showed that like you can have more than one family too. Like your family doesn't need to just be the one that you grew up with. Your family doesn't need to be the one that you are blood related to. But you you can have many different families in different senses, you know, like I like I have my family, uh, like my born family who I was raised by and everything like that. But I also have uh, like my uh, family here in Calgary where it's like my my group of friends who I'm very, very close with and I would turn to for anything, you know. So it's like family. I think I think they were kind of going for the whole like family theme of it not being, um, what am I looking for? Uh, it's a very subjective term. It's not objective like people tend to think. Exactly. Right. Very true. Mm-hmm. And it also played on the fact that, um, I thought a really big message was just that you shouldn't be afraid to start over when it comes yeah. to like building your family um, relationship again which I thought is really important because I find most of the time or like you you see it in like social media or whatever and it's like oh if someone did you wrong like cut them out cancel them do the whole nine yards right in this movie it's like okay well yes they messed up and pretty bad in the (laughs) past but you know they're um, both of them are willing to forgive them and then start over and it's for the better yeah but they still have the boundary there, though, where it's like, don't pretend you raised me. Exactly. Sure. And that also brings up another powerful theme in Black Widow, which is the store, the theme of redemption, because Natasha's story is essentially about redemption, you know, trying to she's been like running away from her just trying to correct her dark path by destroying the Red Room and also by and the fact that she killed that she killed or so she thought killed uh, an innocent child she's trying also to make amends for that and also with the with her family you know with uh, her um adoptive parents uh you know the alexi the red guardian and her her mom which her name is yeah she 
she want they want to correct their mistakes for having worked with the Red Room because this is really really strong storytelling and themes too really well done so I applaud Black Widow for that as well um, I had a question oh sorry no no go for it go for it um, I just had a really quick question side note um, did you guys know that the dad used to be a superhero like was was he ever mentioned in any of the other movies or anything like that? Um, no, this was actually his first appearance ever in in the MCU oh. anyway. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Wait, wait. So he actually was a superhero? That's right. Yes. Yeah. The Red Guardian, oh, which is he, basically the. I thought he was just kind of like a guy who put on a suit and was just like, "I'm strong. I help." <laughs> wait, was he? Did he have any? comics or anything or did they just bring him in i don't know oh, he's a, he, yeah he is a comic book character as well from the oh, comics okay. not the original yeah the red guardian which is like the soviet equivalent of captain america yeah and he claims yeah. that he fought captain america in in the 80s when actually he didn't because cap was frozen during that time so he's actually ah. his own lines. that makes so much more sense with the prison scene okay 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 <laughs> oh, I was I was just gonna say like um like someone correct me if I'm wrong, but the whole like family dynamic of them being like, oh well, this is what we were raised like, like that's why we raised you like this kind of thing, really kind of ties in with like today's issues of Canadian indigenous people and everything. And this is probably like really just a coincidence. But just, like, they literally met, like, Natasha's mom literally mentioned, like, this is how I was raised. That's, like, this is all that I know, and so that's all that I knew to teach you guys. Which is exactly how first-generation uh, residential school um, survivors, like, act as well, right? So I thought that was kind of, like, an interesting little possible tie-in i don't know possible connection it's definitely it's definitely a tie-in to just like uh intergenerational trauma absolutely yeah. yeah maybe maybe that's just like my my interpretation of it and it wasn't actually meant to be there but i if it was meant to be there i think that was actually kind of interesting you know yeah i i think again they were i think again yeah that was definitely a uh a connection they were making i mean because the mom literally she said that didn't she she's like that's that's the way that we did it so that's yeah she's know. like i was born and raised into this world like this is exactly what i learned as a kid up till now so i thought that it was the right thing to do yeah like she's like i didn't know any different yeah and it does and it does make for i mean you know if it was an accident i mean i guess like stuff like that does make for good uh you know, uh, storytelling, I suppose, because you got uh, somebody who wants to move on, but then you have somebody else who's uh, tied to their beliefs and aren't really willing to budge. In this case, they budged, you know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and yeah. above all else, too, I think Black Widow, it came out at exactly the right time as well, because a lot of people, Avengers Endgame, great film as it was, some people gave the film a bit of flack for, you know, that 
Black Widow, the way she went out was, you know, very anticlimactic and unceremonious. So I think this Black Widow, her solo film came out at the right time because it really gave the character a proper closure. Because once I finished, once we all finished Black Widow, I felt like a feeling of, you know, of closure, like a bittersweet yeah. feeling. It really brought Natasha's story full circle and makes it all the more like bittersweet given her sacrifice in Avengers Endgame. So wait, in, in Endgame, did she die in Endgame? Yes. Oh, okay, okay, so it really ties together then. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, that makes more sense. And really, like, I feel like we, like, we talk more about a supporting cast, but really, like, let's take a moment to appreciate, like, Scarlett Johansson. She really, oh, she's yeah. a great in pretty much anything she yeah. appears in, but she really delivered a great and I, I think final performance as Natasha, because we really see how much the character has grown over the years. Because when we first saw her, she was like very, yes, your, your typical assassin, you know, very stone cold, two faced. Mm -hmm. not sure whether you should trust her or not and now she has like really taken a level in kindness and idealism it's really mm -hmm. this is really one of the best examples of character development as far as the mcu goes yeah and i think developing her character w the way that they did i think was really well done because like i know when scarlett johansson was first introduced into the mcu from the male perspective she just seemed like a good piece of ass to throw in, you know? As a female, of course, I sat there telling all my male friends, you guys are disgusting, but <laughs> uh, I know that that's how she was first viewed. But then, of course, you give her these actual, like, emotions, you show her story, you show that she's a real human being and not just a kick-ass woman, you know? Like, it really, it, it really just, it, it, like, she grows. Yeah, totally. Like, she's way more developed in this role. Like, uh, like even previously, even in Civil War, where they do, like, give her a larger story role, it's still mostly her in between these men and their discussions, you know? Like, she was not a big driving force, I didn't feel, even in Civil War. And, um, you know, she didn't, like, her character never really... Uh, pushed anything in any sort of direction. Um, whereas this time, I mean, she was the story, and, you know, they definitely, I think, you know, like we are talking about earlier, the whole family thing, like, you know, she went from not really having any family, like, she didn't even know her birth parents, right? And, like, you know, and then she had this family, and then, you know, now she has the Avengers family, and at the end of this movie, she, like, feels close with with sort of this Red Room family. So, like, you know, she went from somebody who was a very independent kind of lone wolf, and now she has, you know, family, you know, and she has, like, kind of closure. And it was, and to your point too, Nick, it was, like, it's good timing, you know? I mean, I think it would have been more impactful if Endgame made a bigger deal, I think out of uh, Natasha's death, because I mean Tony Stark, you know, he had a whole funeral. He had he had a monologue at the end. I actually thought the Tony Stark stuff. I thought that monologue toward the end was was too much. You know, I felt like, you know, at the very least, yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like, you know, Natasha died. It was a zoom out. It was like sad music but i almost didn't really believe it in a way you know because it seemed like we didn't have any closure there so i was like 
I don't know. Maybe this isn't actually the end of Natasha. Who knows? And then, um, yeah, Tony Stark. Oh, my God. It just kept going and going and going. And they even did cut some stuff. Exactly. Tony yeah. Stark like stuff, they, right? I, I feel like this real, yeah, like Endgame, as great as it was, I felt, yeah, the same way as you did. Like Natasha, she, like, she literally sacrificed herself so they could defeat Thanos. But I felt she didn't really get her due until now with her solo film which really by the way patience really paid off because black widow has been in production since 2005 before the mcu even started but they couldn't do it but when they had scarlett johansson in the role again like she it was it took a long while because she agreed to do it as long as she didn't have to wear that big leathery costume because it really was way too tight and she found it hard to breathe so it was like 16 years in the making and it was so worth the wait i mean they still put her in a leather costume but it was white <laughs> she looked like a stormtrooper <laughs> yeah i thought it was kind of cool i was like where did they get those suits yeah the costuming department kudos to them they get top marks for this as well yeah yeah and um since we're nearly in the one hour mark i'd like to hear what did you guys think was your favorite scene in black widow yeah it's actually probably when um She's fighting with all the other Black Widows. Mm. I thought that was oh a really, gosh. really cool scene. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah, like, they were all so emotionless. And when they started to, like, ganging up on her, that was, like, a really big thing for me, too. I was, like... It, it was just so weird that they didn't feel anything and they're all like young girls too and you just mm -hmm. saw like from the camera up and they were all just like so angry and so like determined to kill her exactly um, it's like and then you would think like you know you're watching it if we hadn't known about like that powder thing or the whole sort of brainwashing thing you would think that they're the villain right but then once they receive that um brainwash powder thingy um you realize they're just like oh my gosh i'm so sorry like i it was never my intention mm -hmm, to hurt yeah. you. It's right? really interesting take on a fight. Like it's a fight where you really don't want anyone to win. You don't want you don't want Natasha to lose because you we're really going to love her throughout the movie and all throughout the MCU. And at the same time, you don't want the other widows to lose because they're just scared, brainwashed children who have no idea exactly. what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Very, very cool scene overall. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And what about you, Holly? What was your favorite scene? My favorite scene? Okay, so I've been thinking about this. Um, I really love Natasha and Yelena when they first meet up again as adults and they have that weird fight scene together because they're like, I don't know if I could trust you. And it's just so well coordinated. I, just, I honestly, like, I couldn't take my eyes off of it while they were going through. I was sitting there like, why are you guys fighting each other? But also, I, I understand because you don't know if you could trust each other. But also, like, just stop. Take a second. Breathe. But also, I guess you could kill each other because you're trained assassins. And it was just, like, on the edge of my seat the whole time. Couldn't figure out what I wanted them to do. Uh, I think that the, the way that they started it and ended it was very well done. And then everything in between, very well coordinated. <laughs> Sibling rivalry, am I right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was really well done and really great way to establish um, Yelena as well. Like Florence Pugh, I, she's 
probably like the best new addition to the MCU so far. Like, I really can't wait to see more of her in the future of the MCU since she's gonna be taking things from here now that Natasha is out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so excited. Uh, again, I really liked uh, right toward the end there when we meet uh, Drakov. Um, de- like it was definitely you know on top of all the Panopticon stuff, which I'm a big ner- uh, nerd for. Um, the dialogue, I thought that was the best dialogue in the film. Like I thought that was the most uh, the best drama. Um, all the I thought the you know the family stuff was fine uh, it was interesting but once we got here um, this is where I felt like yeah this is like a real dramatic scene from a movie I mean this this movie was filled with explosions and you know derailments and fight scenes and stuff like that but this is like I was most engaged into the story. Uh, right at this point, you know, uh, just like seeing that that power dynamic, you know, um, just seeing this guy having basically full control over um, over Natasha, even though she's technically not hypnotized anyway, he does just have this power over her, um, you know, and then it gets to that point where he just starts like kicking her, beating her up and stuff like that. Um, but it was super satisfying, uh, to see it come together and be like, oh, okay, this was part of the plan and, uh, here we go. Let's take him down. And then, you know, uh, that's the way, you know, it, it went, uh, the, my only complaint with the scene is that I wish we, we weren't let in on the secret. I wish that, uh, I wish that the whole thing was, uh, uh, a mystery to us, and we found out at the same time that, that Drakov did as well. Um, that, that was my only complaint with the scene. But I, I think as far as, yeah, I mean, you know, also a silly reason. I just, black and red is my favorite color scheme ever, and the scene was, like, full of that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that was by far my favorite scene, yeah. That's really, really well, really good choice too. Yeah, that and really show good show of the power dynamic as well. Even the color palette helped define the power dynamic yeah. as well. And it really after it's so satisfying as well as since seeing how Drakov has basically been brainwashing little girls and how he's been beating down Natasha and she finally like fights back. It really goes to show that when you kick a dog at some point, the dog will bite back. Which is super satisfying because this guy's also just sitting in this... He said he does everything from his desk. You know what I mean? Like, he never has to go out and do any of this stuff. Like, he gets to sit there in his, like, his mansion or wherever he is. You know, he's got that, like, crazy glass chandelier hanging from the ceiling. You know, it's just like he's in this crazy fancy space, sitting at his desk, just being a big bully. Um, and it comes back. It, yeah, like, it really goes to show, like, the, the symbolic representation of, like, his place. Uh, in all of this because like normally you see a villain and their secret lair is like underground or something like that right yeah his is up in the freaking sky he's literally in a floating palace because he is above everyone he sees all yeah he's this this like omni like vigil like uh, just you know what I mean 
And yeah, besides, he, the, he had an Avenger under his control. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Like, like, he believes he is above everything, like, and it just like goes to show, like, all of that through his placement in the sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're like, oh, this is how he's been above the radar this whole time. Mm-hmm. They, like, they mentioned that in the ride, is this is how he's been above the radar. And I'm like, holy man, that... Right there, perfect. <laughs> now that is good symbolism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, my favorite scene would have to be the the entire uh, prison break. Like it's the point where you know where they break uh, their dad or adopted dad, uh, Alexi, out of jail. Like it's the point where we pretty much meet all of the major players in the film, and we get to see just how badass all three of them are. You know, with Yelena, how she fends off against the soldiers, Natasha how she just you know kicks ass as she always does against the soldiers and how Alexi say is saved and fights some guards and that when the whole avalanche was happening that was so tense like I was thinking he's gonna make it he's gonna make it and then when dust settles and he's saved like oh I could finally breathe again like that was really really tense and really good show of each character's skills as well really well done yeah i really my favorite okay i just that whole part just kept making me laugh especially when yelena is just like hey you know what no more she was just tired of being shot at and took out a freaking bazooka like <laughs> you'd think being a trained assassin she'd be a little smarter than to use a bazooka in an avalanche area right. but also like it really just it adds to her character it shows you just kind of what kind of person she is she's just so freaking funny yeah she's hilarious she's reckless yeah but we love her for (laughs) it yeah, and with all that said and done, I, I'd i like to say that Black Widow, how I'd rate it from 1 to 10, personally, I'd give it a 9 out of 10. Like, Black Widow is, to me, the best female-led superhero film since 2017's Wonder Woman. It came out at the right time, especially, and also, really, since this is your guys' uh, first experience in the theater since the since COVID nineteen, would you guys say it's a really great way to kick off the theater season for you? Absolutely, hell yeah, for sure. Awesome. I think, uh, first of all, the theater we went to was freaking way better than I've ever had. Uh, but overall, the movie itself, Black Widow, my rating personally, I would give it like an 8.5 just because I haven't seen like I'm the I wasn't really like you know into the Marvel thing before but now it got me into the Marvel thing so I'm excited to see more and watch my rating grow uh it's definitely a movie I would watch again though Awesome, yes. Thank you, Nick. That was awesome. Anytime, anytime. Thanks. Thanks. And any more to come as well. And with all that said, looks like we are out of time. I think we've covered pretty much everything we need to know and love about this latest installment in the MCU. Don't you guys think? Uh, Yeah, I think we could talk for hours and hours about it, but I think you're right. For now, we've covered it all. (laughs) And with all that said and done, this has been it for our review of Black Widow on Sin City. Thank you, Nayeli, Holly, and Chris for coming in to our latest episode and our first in so many weeks. Yeah, thank you. Anytime. This was a blast. Anytime. Until then, this has been Sin City, live for CMRU.ca and Feel Out Images. 
I'm Nick Manessis. See you next week, same time as always, here on Sin City.